Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So let's hear it. What item of food could you not live without? Oh, hang on a minute. Sorry, you're all going to have to shout one at a time if that's all right. Let's try it again. Go on. Potatoes, chocolates, beef, chicken. Did somebody say cereal before as well? Cereal, plain crisps, yeah. Ready salted crisps. What was that, sorry? Bread and water. I heard something over here just then. What did I? Eggs. Rice. Quite a few answers this week. I like it. Good. Um, well, before we go into my answer, I should just say my name is Steve. For anyone who I've not met um, before, it's great to, to meet you. Um, and uh, also, it's uh, great to have people joining us online today as well. It's a very dramatic and drastic question, isn't it? Like, what item of food could you not live without? Um, I think if I'm going to go for a healthy option, I'm going to say fruits because I love fruit. But if I'm going to be honest, it would probably be fried chicken. Um, but again, it's very drastic because I absolutely could live without fried chicken um, or honeycomb as well. I love like chocolate honeycomb. In fact, I probably couldn't live without fried chicken. My wife is saying that's true. Um, we're in a, a series at the moment called Rhythms. And in this series, we're looking at um, regular patterns for how we can connect with God. And so we're doing this by journeying together through part of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, which is a collection of Jesus' teaching that was given to us. Um, and so as we look through this, we've been looking so far at prayer and we've looked at forgiveness. So the rhythm of prayer and the rhythm of forgiveness. This week, we're going to look together at the rhythm of fasting, the rhythm of fasting. Now, um, I wonder what words spring to mind for you when you hear that word fasting. For me, I think fasting is hard. It takes a lot of effort. And I often will find myself thinking about how can I cope without fried chicken. I can cope without fried chicken. You need to know that, by the way. But like, you know, my mind instantly starts to think about what can I cope or how can I cope without those things. And I also appreciate that there is an irony of talking about fasting on the day that we're having Sunday lunch together. So after the service today, if you didn't know, we've got Sunday lunch together. Some of you will have booked in for that. Um, I know there's an irony towards that. And actually, when I was preparing this message, um, I'm currently training for a marathon. And on the day that I was preparing this message, I was doing something called carb loading, which basically is just a great way of saying you can eat what you want for a day because you've got to make sure you've got as many carbs in your body ready for a long run the next day. And so it was a strange day to be preparing a message on fasting, right? Um, but as we talk about fasting, there's something about me that instantly thinks about food, which I think might not be the point of fasting, right? When I was um, 18, I was on a gap year at the church here. And that was really the first time I had any experience of fasting because as a, a gap year team, we would spend every Tuesday fasting together. So we would commit to um, giving up our, our lunch on a Tuesday and we would um, fast together on a weekly basis. But here's what happened when we did that. Um, we were all really miserable. And uh, we, we couldn't wait for the evening meal to come. So much so that our evening meal um, was typically at about half five, six o'clock. And on fasting days, we would have our evening meal at half past three. Um, that was really the general gist of how I felt fasting went for me um, at that stage of life. 
Um, and I think that that in some way reflects a kind of problem with what many followers of Jesus might have experienced with fasting, which is when fasting focuses on what we give up, I think it distracts us from what we can take up. So I think the problem with fasting is this, that when fasting focuses on what we give up, it distracts us from what we can take up. Fasting isn't supposed to be a holy hunger strike. It's not about being miserable and longing for your next meal. Fasting is about giving something up, but it's about giving something up in order to spend more time connecting with God. But when our focus on, uh, during fasting is on what we have given up, then it distracts from what we should take up, which is spending that purposeful time with God. There's lots that we do in church that probably looks quite strange to other people, right? You're aware of that, aren't you, by now? Like, you know, a few times a year, water appears in the stage and people walk up in their shorts and t-shirt and they get a big dunk in the pool and then they come back up and everyone's cheering and they walk across the stage dripping wet, waving at everyone. Like, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, we're aware of that. Like, communion. Like, Every other week, we come together and we pretend that we like this little thing that tastes like paper. Anybody else think that the wafer tastes like paper? And, and we have this shot of juice together. Um, like It's a bit strange, isn't it, at times, the things that we do in church. But I think that fasting, actually, is probably not that strange a thing to the world and society that we live in. Because um, many people fast, right, for different reasons. People fast for medical reasons. People fast for dietary reasons, and people fast for religious reasons. It's a common rhythm for many people. Often the focus on fasting for many people is because of the reward that comes from fasting. So some of the rewards of fasting might be to lose weight, or to reduce inflammation, or to increase concentration, or to get better gut health, or to reduce the risk of certain illnesses. Like people fast in many different ways and oftentimes people would see that there is a reward from fasting. Different um, religions fast and for them the rewards might be some of these things to regain focus, to recharge their spiritual batteries and some um, religions see it as a way of gaining forgiveness. Obviously we're about to this week mark a time in um, a Christian calendar called Lent, which is about giving something up for a 40-day period of time. I love the fact that that starts with feasting on pancakes first, though. We've got to do that first, haven't we? But for many people, it's common to see this link between fasting and then there being a reward. And I think, I believe that Jesus would say the same to us too today. So we're going to read the next part of um, the Sermon on the Mount together, which comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. And let's see what Jesus says about fasting. Jesus said this, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. So the reward here for those people is people's public approval. Aren't they amazing for fasting? But Jesus says, when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Great advice in life. 
then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your Father, who knows what you do in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Let's just pause on that verse for a moment and just think a little bit about the context of who Jesus is talking to in this Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' kind of audience, if you will, was essentially Jews, Jewish people. Mostly, if not all of them that were listening to him, were Jewish. And so there's some context here and some familiarity with fasting because fasting was a large part of um, the Jewish lifestyle. And we see different examples of it throughout the Old Testament of the Bible. One of the first examples we see is something called a partial fast. And a partial fast is where you give up um, some elements of your diet. So you don't have to give up everything, but you give up some elements. And an example of that would be Daniel. In Daniel chapter 10, you can read about that. Um, Daniel took part in a three-week period of mourning where he ate no, no meat and he drank no wine. And so often you might hear about people referring to something called the Daniel fast. Then you get the absolute fast. And so this is, as the word would suggest, this is where you literally give up everything um, during a, what has often really been a, an urgent time. So people have given up all food and water in order to discover God's leading. And an example of that would be Esther. Um, Esther, as an example, did an absolute fast for three days during a period of national crisis. And I would encourage you to read up on that story. It's an amazing example of fasting. We're talking today about what Jesus talks about, and he really is talking about fasting being a private thing. And so in the Bible, we hear about private fasting, but also there is corporate fasting where the people of God come together for, to, to fast. Um, for example, the Day of Atonement, which you can read about in Leviticus 23. This was an annual thing where the Jews would come together and they would fast together as a community. Then in times of national emergency, you can read about that in 2 Chronicles 20. And also for seeking God's guidance in prayer. And an example of that would be in Ezra chapter 8. And then... We've obviously got an example here. Now, whether some of the people who were there at the Sermon on the Mount would have been aware of this or not, we've got the Jesus fast, which you can read about in Matthew chapter 4. And we know that Jesus took 40 days out in the wilderness where he didn't eat a thing. And I think that when we look at this fast that Jesus went through, it was about two things, really. Well, it was about preparing. It was about preparing for a significant event. So Jesus prepared for the temptations that would come his way, and then also to launch his public ministry. And so the people that Jesus was talking to were really familiar with this concept of fasting. And like with his teaching on giving and with prayer, Jesus was essentially challenging and correcting some of the problems that he had seen with fasting. This group of people that he was talking to likely had some people in it called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. And Jesus was really speaking to them. And he was, as he always was, being bold in what he was saying. And he was saying, they're hypocrites. And the context to this is that the Pharisees would have this weekly rhythm of fasting. And they would do it specifically on a Monday and on a Thursday. 
And the reason why they would do it on a Monday and a Thursday is because Monday and Thursday was market day. And so Monday and Thursday, everybody was coming into town. On Monday and Thursday, they could stand on the street corners and they could look disheveled so that everybody would see them and say, oh wow, aren't they amazing for how much they fast? And Jesus was saying, sorry, but they're missing the point. Like on a Monday and Thursday, just to come before people so that people could see how incredible they were, that is not the point of fasting. And uh, we get, I think, from Jesus what is ultimately the solution. And the solution is this, that fasting is actually about what we can take up, not just about what we give up. Because fasting should be this heart connection between us and God. It's not supposed to be a show, but it's supposed to be about growing in connection with God. Fasting isn't supposed to be that we spend all of our time distracted by what we've given up. It's supposed to be that we replace what we've given up by spending intentional time connecting with our Father in heaven. I love how a man called Eugene Peterson puts it. And if you ever hear us refer to the message version of the Bible, it was written by a man called Eugene Peterson. And he, here's how he's worded it in Matthew 6. He says this, when you practice some appetite-denying discipline, and here's the point of fasting, to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair. Brush your teeth, which if you've ever tried fasting, is a really good thing to do because your breath just smells. Wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you are doing. He'll reward you. Here's some more reflections on my experience of fasting. And I don't say this now to sound like a Pharisee. I'm aware of the contradiction here of me telling you about times that I've tried fasting. I'm just sharing it from my experience. But um, I've often found fasting to be a miserable experience, as I've said. There have been many times that I have hated doing it. And the reason that when I look back, I can see this common thread. And the common thread was that my focus was on what I was giving up. So I've shared the example of when I was on the gap year, and how we would moan about how much we missed food. Instead of spending time connecting with God, whether that's through prayer or worship or reading the Bible together or um, you know, reading useful um, books or something that would help us spend more time in connecting with God. What had happened is that I, I don't want to just pull everyone else with me, but I remember that everyone else was miserable as well, but like I had totally missed the point, which was connection with God. When I look back and think about times when perhaps as a church we've gone through um, times of periods of fasting, I think sometimes those times, if I'm honest, felt like a miserable experience, again, because, um, well, focus ended up being more about what we are giving up than spending purposeful time connecting with God. And sometimes I've experienced feeling shamed by others because, you know what, I'm giving up all of this. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really giving up all of that. I don't feel like I'm necessarily as, as good a Christian as you are. And sometimes there would be an atmosphere of competition. But again, 
that's not the point of fasting. If that becomes the focus and the center and the point of fasting, then we have missed the point because the point of fasting is connection with our Father in heaven. And I think when fasting focuses on the wrong things, it's shame and competition that kicks in instead of um, connection. It becomes about production and not a connection. But I don't want to do fasting a bad deal because there have been times when I have really felt the benefit of fasting. And I have noticed that there's a common thread in those times. And the common thread was that my focus was was on what I was taking up. And it's in those times that I have seen breakthroughs take place. I remember um, about, uh, what would it be, seven years ago or so, we used to run as a church a a youth camp where people from all over the the, the country would come to this annual gathering. And uh, we kind of about, uh, in fact, I think it was probably about this time, February time, we found out that the venue that we would normally go to was, gonna, was no longer going to be available to us. And so we've got this situation where we've got this youth camp that we're running in the summer, but we have nowhere to actually go. And suddenly we're feeling quite anxious, or I'm feeling quite anxious. I'm feeling responsible, thinking, well, how are we going to do this? And so I spent some time just fasting, connecting with God, asking God for his direction. And then out of nowhere, this venue came available that was bigger and better than where we'd been before. And I believe that that breakthrough came just from spending that intentional time disconnecting from things in the world and connecting with my Father in heaven. There's a, something recently that as a team we just felt to fast about. And you know what was amazing was that out of that time of fasting came a real sense of unity and a real sense of wisdom. Like breakthrough, it comes through fasting. Jesus says there is a reward that comes from fasting. But that reward, it's not club card points, it's not cash back, it's connection with our Father in heaven. It's the reward of connection. That reward could be um, breakthrough that we need so desperately. That reward could be God's provision. That reward could be God's guidance and wisdom that can only come from God. Have you ever had that time where you just get this wisdom and this guidance and you think, well, I definitely couldn't think that up on my own. That must be from God. The, the reward could be um, healing that comes through intentional time of fasting. It could be um, seeing God move in our relationships, in our families, in our church, and in our community. Just like with um, prayer when Lois was talking the other week, um, fasting isn't something that you have to get right. And I just really feel to stress that today. Fasting isn't something that you have to get right. It's not about processes. It's not about rules. It's not something to get legalistic about. It should be a rhythm that is light and without burden. It shouldn't lead to guilt or shame, which, as I've said, I think are often the danger when we make fasting a a public or a, a corporate thing. It should be an opportunity for you to make space in your life for God to fill that space. Jesus didn't just tell people in the Sermon on the Mount to pray. He said to pray and to fast. Prayer connects us to God and fasting disconnects us. 
from the world. It's a way of making space and room in order to connect with God. Together they bring us into a closer alignment with heaven. It's in those times that we'll hear what God's plan and what God's purposes are as we seek his kingdom to come. Fasting awakens our hunger for God. Because when we shut down our natural appetite, our spiritual appetite awakens. And so here's the challenge for us today. Here's the challenge. Um, And the challenge is, is, is very simple. If you desire to connect with God, why not try fasting? Why not try fasting? There's no pressure here today. I need you to hear this. This is a rhythm of grace as we've been talking about. But if you desire to connect with God, then why not give it a go? And and I just want to stress something in this moment. And please hear this. It's really important that you hear this today. Um, If you can't fast for medical reasons, and there are many medical reasons that mean that people can't fast, then don't. Okay, don't do it. Like, there is so much grace for you today. If you can't fast because food is a difficult and complicated thing for, again, many reasons, then don't. Like, like please don't. Um, like, think that through very carefully. There is grace for that today. It may be that fasting might not need, be a food thing for you. Maybe fasting is about perhaps giving up um, gaming or social media, or reading the news, or online shopping, or knitting, or watching TV, or working out, or whatever it might be. Anything where you could just take half an hour just to give something up as a starting point and say, today I'm going to deliberately, intentionally spend more time connecting with God. But don't focus on what you're giving up. Focus on what you are taking up in spending more time connecting with God. The challenge I would say is this, like start small. If fasting isn't a rhythm in your life, then start small. No need today to dive into a 40-day fast like Jesus. I remember he was Jesus for a reason, and it's probably not going to be straightforward for you just to dive into that this week. But like if, if, if fasting is something you think, you know what, connecting with God sounds good. I could do that. This week, I could give up half an hour of Coronation Street just to spend more time just praying and talking to God and connecting with God and reading my Bible. This week, I'm going to put down the games console just for half an hour. Like, pick it back up afterwards if you feel you need to, but like, just to connect with our Father in heaven. There might be things at the moment in your life. Sometimes fasting comes from a place of desperation, and that's a good thing. It's a way of just saying, God, I just need to put this part of life down right now just to connect with you in this moment. Sometimes um, fasting, like we said, it comes from a place of preparation where we just need to lay things down just to spend intentional time connecting with God so that we're ready for this next season in life, whatever it may be. But I just want to challenge us all today. It needs to be a rhythm that focuses on what we take up, not just what we give up. And so what are you going to kind of put in place as a way of just intentionally spending time connecting with God? However it is, I just want to encourage you, it's worth a go. It's worth a go. And maybe it might become a rhythm in your life where you begin to see God moving in your life on a regular basis.
I'm done. I have nothing else to say. I'm going to stand to your feet, church. And uh, let me just ask God to help us. Father God, as we seek just to perhaps pick up this rhythm of fasting, God, would you help us? God, that ultimately it would be a rhythm of connecting with you. God, that as a church, we would just see our lives grow in connection with you. God, that we would begin to see changes take place in our characters, in our hearts. That God, we would see breakthroughs in places that we've not seen breakthrough for years, that we've been longing to see breakthrough come. God, that we would see breakthrough in our community. God, that we would see a change in our church, in our family lives, in our marriages, in our uh, children, God. God, in our community, in our town, God. Wherever our community is, whatever and whoever we represent. God, that this rhythm of fasting would not be a public production, but it would be a private connection with you that sees reward of you moving, God, in and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen.